you're listening to How I See It, hosted by Han. You guessed it, that's me. I am here to motivate and inspire you with guests from all different industries and backgrounds. So get ready for personal stories of success, of growth, full of highs and lows, and of course, unapologetic realness. This is How I See It. Ruby's here. I'm so excited to have you on. Hello. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me on. I'm really excited because whenever my friends come on, it just feels more like we're just chilling on the couch like we are now. Yeah. I feel like we always talk like this too. We always do. We should bring the podcast equipment into the car. I feel like you're always saying, God, I wish I had something to record our conversation. Oh yeah, for sure. Because it's always so good, whether we're talking about business or talking about Trey songs. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I thought we'd start with how we met because I think it's so cool since we actually didn't like officially meet because of Instagram. Well, okay, so I followed you because back then I was trying to like start growing and getting more serious about influencing and then I followed you because you were a San Diego blogger and then we ran into each other at Orange Theory. Theory. The rest is history. And the rest is history. (laughs) We became super close after. I feel like you were huge in the beginning of like my journey of trying to like legitimize mm-hmm. how Han sees it you were always like so open about advice and never gatekeeping yes. and we became really really close I wanted you to talk about your story because I've met a lot of people in the industry like no one has been as strategic financially as you have and I think it's really inspirational okay so you want me to start from like just the beginning you grew up in San Diego okay, right yeah so I'm born in well not born I was born in Iran actually and then me and my family immigrated over here when I was two and I had my mom and dad growing up um, but my parents always had kind of like a shaky relationship so kind of grew up in a bit of a dysfunctional family so we both have chaotic very childhood <laughs> yes so I grew up in San Diego and we actually ended up moving to the Middle East we moved to Iran uh, when I was from age 14 through 16 so insane yeah so my parents literally one day were like we're gonna go visit your grandparents in the Middle East and I was like okay cool I thought it was for the summer okay so but how did you feel about that because that's intense no it was traumatizing it was 100% traumatizing I trigger warning I literally considered unaliving myself because of how horrible it was imagine going from the U.S. where you have all this freedom to now living in a very islamic extremely like extremist country because there's a lot of muslim countries that are not as extreme as iran yeah and you grew up in san diego yes so i was not used to it was like huge culture shock and so i was actually known as like the lip gloss girl (laughs) in middle school because my parents would get called to the principal's office on a weekly basis my principal was like your daughter cannot stop wearing lip gloss and i was in eighth grade it's a very normal thing as an eighth grader to want to wear a lip gloss to want to wear like nail polish and you could not do that and you have to obviously cover yourself from head to toe yeah so major culture shock wow and so I went from like middle school here is so easy I went to now having 14 classes in school and honestly I think that really helped to shape my future and my work ethic oh for sure I'm I'm sure because I had to juggle 14 classes in Farsi, which was 
not and you didn't my speak did you I, speak? I spoke very little farsi okay so i had to learn how to read and write and, and you were 14 so you, like you had friends here in yeah Palestine so i had to leave all of my friends it was really really traumatic even when we've talked about this before like yeah. the stories you've told from there like that would have been insane yeah. i would have felt depressed and really lost as well it was terrifying but I think I kind of needed that a little bit. I was going in kind of a dangerous <laughs> direction. Yeah, you guys, her parents said that she had to go there because she was boy crazy. Like, I was running away from home. It was serious. I was yeah. making, like, really scary decisions, not thinking how they would impact my future. And I've always been very sassy personality, and and I'm a rule breaker. So I know. Us together is really scary are, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> it's honestly a good thing you're married. I know. <laughs> Thank God I'm married. I'm a good wife, though. <laughs> okay, so you moved back. What age are you? So how long are you there? Three years. Wow. Yeah. So I was there for a good three years, and I briefly, my parents let me come back to America for the summer. I ran away from home again. <laughs> You're like, fuck this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then I put my head down. I went back home. Um, and so we were there until I was 16. We moved back wow. and I started off going to a regular high school, Westview. And I decided that because I didn't have any friends, I didn't know anyone in school. It was just too scary to jump back into traditional high school. And so then I went to a charter school where I was homeschooled. Uh -huh. Hence how I met Zach. Oh yeah. And Zach's her husband. Zach is my husband. They've literally been together since forever yeah he's the love of my life and he he really changed my life he always was very encouraging and he was just you know follow your dreams do whatever so a huge part of my success is you know related to him because he was always my rock oh, and I, I, I mean that. we'll get into this in a sec about um, me quitting my job and everything but he's a huge part of it so yeah. I have to give him credit and oh. he shot all of my content as a beginning influencer he literally shot all of my content and that was in the era where like people were still taking like professional like photography photos yeah photos. so he learned how to use a camera for me and he actually became very passionate in photo and video because wow. he liked being behind the camera. That's so cool. Okay, so flash forward. Yes. You go to college. I go to college, and I was pre-med. I did an internship at a local hospital for a good three years. I went on the leadership team as well, so I was in charge of a whole department. Intensive care unit was my wow. department, and I had 60 interns. And all of this is volunteer work, by the way. I was the de the most dedicated So you were full-on dedicated full on. I my It was my dream to become a doctor. I literally – I was so sweet. I was like, I just want to save people. I want to save the <sighs> world. And, like, I didn't really care about – I mean, I wanted to live a comfortable life, but I wasn't like, oh, I want to be with the richest person in the world. I yeah. was more so I want to help people. So I was very passionate. And I think that the one thing that, you know, college really taught me was work ethic. And then same yeah. with my background growing up in the Middle East for a couple of years is working really freaking hard and you just don't give up. Yeah, and I think that's something that we connected on super early in our friendship. I think it was why we became such close friends because you meet a lot of people in the industry. And, like, I don't say this in a bad way, but, like, not everybody has the same, like, work ethic in the sense, like, where they treat this like a business mm -hmm. and not just, like, as a social media gig. Yeah. And we always 
bonded over that. And I feel like you really inspired me really early on because I knew that like, okay, she has the same work ethic as me. This is how she got from here to here. And I love that about you. And I think, I mean, thank you. Knowing your story now, you literally did it all on your own. Yeah, I did. A big part that I left out is my parents actually divorced and it was kind of a messy divorce. I haven't spoken to my dad in seven plus years. So it really irritates me when people assume that Mm -hmm. you know I have daddy's money or daddy's help I actually grew up pretty poor because obviously my parents didn't grow up here we immigrated here so I've been on food stamps I was on Medi-Cal growing up so I did not grow up with money Mm -hmm. whatsoever Um, so it really pisses me off when people like to discount a woman's hard work and Mm -hmm. perseverance it's infuriating. So I really, I didn't have any connections. I didn't have, you know, my parents funding my lifestyle at all. I, they didn't even pay for college for you, right? No, yeah, they didn't. So, I mean, I'm, I'm grateful that I was able to live at home. And so I saved on that aspect of it, but I got scholarships and, you know, I applied for financial aid. Okay, so end of college. This what is, changed? Uh, what was the shift? I started to just travel like once a year. I started realizing that there's so much more to life than just the hospital environment. Okay. And also, I just saw a lot of people that worked in healthcare that were so miserable. And it kind of dulls your excitement for yeah. the industry. And because I was, you know, interning at the hospital, I was getting firsthand experience of what it's like to work in a hospital environment. I just realized that I have too too much, I don't want to say personality, but I just have too much, too like many creative. dreams, too much creative, too many dreams. It's so funny <laughs> knowing all of this now and not knowing who you were back then because like you're so entrepreneurial that I couldn't even yeah, imagine Yeah, I did not consider pre-med. myself that whatsoever. I was strictly like excellent at science. I loved math. I was a 4.0 student. You were a nerd. I was a nerd. (laughs) I was so, I was so much of, I didn't go to college to party and to, you know, experience college that way. I was pre-med. I was serious about school. Um, And so what changed was I just started traveling and experiencing life. And I was like, there has to be more than just the hospital. Once I graduated school, I got a um, part-time job at a women's health clinic okay and I was so miserable I hated going to work and what I hated the most was my manager telling me okay you can go to lunch now be back in 30 minutes and I was like oh my gosh I can't do this which is like a normal thing I feel like when you're so confident and like you have that entrepreneurial like kind of like itch you hate people telling you what to do and like how to work and how to do your job when you already have good work ethic and you're like doing the things already. Yeah. And just honestly, you know, Monday morning needing to get up at 630 to go to a job and just, you know, the lifestyle that's very normal. Yeah. 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 Was I was not cut out for it. I was getting really depressed and I felt like I was in a funk. So the way that I started to post on Instagram was my friends would always steal outfits from me and they would (laughs) go out and ask me to help style them and I was like I'm just gonna start posting outfits just so my friends can 
get some inspo. It was honestly That's to so help cute. my friends out. And so awesome. I really enjoyed um, styling outfits. Yeah. I was like, how cool would it be to be a personal stylist? So I was hoping to actually make a career on the side of personal styling. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Yeah, which I never ended up actually doing because I ended up on the influencer side of things. Yeah. And so maybe... And at this point, did you know that this was like a career you could take or were you just like... Kind I of knew. Like, okay. I did know. So I did kind of start with intention. I wanted a creative outlet, but I also wanted to see where I could take things. And I remember sitting down with my mom because my mom was like, so why do you keep, you know, taking so many photos of yourself? It was very new to her. Yeah. Um, and she didn't understand why I was spending so much time doing photo shoots every week. And so I told her, I was like, mom, there's these girls on YouTube and Instagram and they're able to, you know, make really good money from doing this really cool thing. And my mom looked at me and she was like, but what makes you think that you're so special? And I feel like that was a huge motivating factor for me. Growing up, um, you know, my mom always told me I was so smart. I ha- I could do whatever I wanted. But then she told me, creatively, you're not going to get anywhere. You have to become a doctor. Otherwise, you're going to basically be a bum. And that's, like, a very old-fashioned yeah, belief. I it's mean, like, valid. Valid in the sense that, like, I mean, my parents did not understand what I was doing at first. Like, they definitely yeah. were very, you know, you need to be real about this. So there's part of it where it's like that generation doesn't really understand the career. I feel like recently my parents finally yeah. accepted it. But on the other end, I do think that a lot of people don't validate the hard work and effort it takes to have a job in the creative space as well as like the traditional job space. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think my mom just thought it, it was such a waste because I was so smart and so committed to you know becoming a doctor one day that she was kind of taken back but and a lot of people don't think about like how much smarts and grit and strategy it takes to do what we do either and so it's funny I'm glad that this conversation is being had because I mean it's the same thing you were talking about how people like you must have daddy's money to be able to Mm -hmm. like influence it's like no it it does take a lot of hard work it's not a competition I just think that influencers want people to start seeing into this window of like we do work really hard and it takes a lot of grit and effort to make this a full-time career from nothing yeah from nothing so it's not like I was like a movie star and I just decided to create an Instagram and I all of a sudden went viral it was not like and you didn't even have like a backup like I feel like for me like I even talked about like I got to work for my dad and like he Mm. really supported me no I was like you didn't even have that I was I mean not broke broke because obviously you know Zach was working and I was working so we were we had a comfortable living you know we were you were paying the bills you were living we were living paycheck to paycheck but surviving we were okay we were never you know on the struggle bus like starving a few months down the road I'm I'm posting all this content it's going pretty and how old are you at this point I'm like this is after you graduated six 25 I think 25 25 yeah I was about to literally that spring I was gonna apply for med school okay so it was right after a little bit after graduation you'd been working for a yeah for bit. a couple of years so I'm I told myself I started to get paid fifty dollars for <laughs> one Instagram post. I love that and I was like wait I can make money from this like actually I'm doing it even yeah. though my mom told me I'm not special I'm actually doing it and then a friend of mine told me hey, so you're kind of growing your Instagram pretty well. Have you thought about running social media and helping other people, you know, grow their Instagram? And I was like, wait, 
maybe I should do that. So I was like, sure, I can help you. And she was a real estate agent. Uh She wanted to help build her social media following. And so I took over. I took over her account. And then I started to run social media for a few other local businesses in San Diego. Okay, so you were doing that on the side to make extra cash while you went off. Yeah. So once I started making $1,000 a month by doing like random Mm -hmm. collabs, I was like, okay, I'm going to hustle really freaking hard. That just like put a little fire under my butt. Mm -hmm. And if I am making a decent amount of money by June, that was my deadline. I gave myself nine months. I said, if I'm making decent money by June, I'm not going to apply for school. And I'm going to go full-time. I'm just going to quit my job. Uh-huh. And I'm going to go full-time. And Zach was very supportive. He was like, okay, it's going to be tough because obviously pressure is on for him. But he was like, I got us. So if you have a bad couple of months, I got us until yeah. you can get a job again. By the time June came around, I was doing everything under the sun that an influencer <laughs> can to make money. I that was, period, I was doing the most. The, oh I mean, God. we're still doing the most, but in a different yeah. way. There's like this desperate, like fire under your ass like you said you have to make this work and there's no other plan pr- obviously you want to make money but you really want to prove it to yourself and to your family that you, it wasn't a mistake yeah so there's a lot of pressure and what was your following count like at this point around I was 30k okay yeah and do you want me to say about how much I was making yeah was tell making, us uh, okay here's the tea I was making six thousand a month yeah it's insane at 30k and I really want to talk about this for a second first we appreciate your transparency thank you (laughs) um also I think that there's this really weird narrative that's in the influencer community that like you can't be making this much of a salary at this quote-unquote low of a follower count yeah and that's why I've always looked up to you even from the beginning when I was only at 10k and we became friends Mm -hmm. because I knew I was like okay cool if she could do it I could do it because we have the same work ethic and I'm gonna make sure that I can go full-time by the time I'm in like 20 to 30k as well and now you're killing it yeah thanks but like (laughs) so freaking cool that you did that because there is this weird stereotype that like you don't get to go full-time with this job if you're like not above 100k yeah absolutely it just depends on how you market yourself yeah and how you brand yourself and the types of collabs that you take on and the connection that you make with your audience yeah so what do you think were the things that you did differently from other people at that point that got you to that 6k a month salary at like 30k so I think I really wanted to provide value I wanted to actually teach people how to do something so I, I really use my captions as a way to connect with my audience obviously I would take the pretty photos but you have to connect with people on a deeper level and I think because I was always very authentic and real about you know my daily struggles what I go through on a daily basis I've mm-hmm. always talked about you know problems with my dad and my family on my stories uh-huh. so I really use stories I talked on there all the time yeah we both like vlog yeah, I like that you do vlog too. on my stories because I wanted people to get to know me on a deeper level. And I think when people become more invested in your story is what sets you apart versus someone I, I used to follow a lot of people on Instagram that would post like really bomb selfies. They were baddies and mm-hmm. they were just so pretty. I didn't want to be that. I wanted people to look at me and be like, cool, like she's teaching me something. Yeah. And back then, I mean, 
this was like way before the pandemic. So like not as many people were being like as authentic and transparent yeah. as, they, as they are now. So this was something I think newer that probably people were saying. Yeah. So I think that's one of the reasons that helped me get to kind of where I was at that point. And also the marketing business that I was doing, I was also teaching other influencers. So me and a fellow influencer friend, we created this company called Lemon Life Social where we would host events and we would basically teach other people who could do exactly what we do. Yeah. And our very first event, it was very exciting. We sold 300 tickets. Wow. To San Diego, Orange County, and Los Angeles bloggers. Wow. Or aspiring bloggers. So cool. We put on a whole panel and we had like four or five influencers who came out to the panel and they were, we did like a massive Q&A. And then we also did a farmer's market so That's people so can cute. shop and help support local businesses. Dude, so, so smart. It's so yeah, smart. Yeah, so it really, really got the community involved and invested and was a good source of income for us too. So yeah. I was like, if I'm going to be an influencer, I'm not just going to depend on collapse to get me by I'm gonna do everything that I have so I was a UGC creator now they call it yeah before UGC was even like yes. a thing that and people I'm were talking so about. glad you brought that up because out of everyone I know in the community you are the most passionate and you actually live this out the multiple income absolutely streams. multiple streams of yeah. income is I always totally miss, <laughs> mix that up yeah the stream the multiple streams <laughs> yes I have preached that since yeah. the very beginning because you have to you can't just put all of your eggs in one basket yeah you really have to consider if you want to be successful just in life in general you have to be doing a bunch of different things to make totally. money because if one thing goes south then what are you going to do are you going to be in a really bad financial situation I never wanted to end up back to where you know how it was growing up for me yeah and then when I quit my job my income literally so June I quit my job and I was making about six thousand a month by July by August I was at ten ten thousand dollars a month I put my full energy into it and I knew that I had it within myself if I was able to focus a hundred percent on this hustle that I would kill it and so I remember I went to my mom and I was like mom I'm making $10,000 a month now. And she was like, but you're not a doctor. She so was being stubborn. She was being very stubborn. And she's still, you know, she's proud of me, but she still will tell me you're, you're still not a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that's like the traditional just past? It is. Okay. It is. If you talk to most Middle Eastern girls, that's going to be their answer is that their mom wants them to be doctor, lawyer, dentist. Yeah. It makes sense. And you're expected to marry as such too. <laughs> <laughs> you're like I'm making new ways yeah mom. yeah absolutely. I love that though it's so inspiring it's so cool and at that point you weren't even like at 70k yet. no at that point I was probably at like 35k my my growth has always been like relatively slow after that yeah. point but because I think the way that I've been able to focus on making money from a million different ways I've always been able to do really well and you were pitching to brands, of course, as well. I was, yeah. So I was on all the every single influencer platform that you can think of, I was on. And yeah. I would go on there every Monday morning and I would apply for a, 
any campaign that I could see that obviously made sense for my audience. Yeah, because there's, I don't know if people know this, but there are like different platforms like Aspire IQ, mm-hmm. Maverick, a bunch of platforms that influencers can apply to to apply for gigs that they feel passionate about and that they resonate with. Yeah, it's a really good way so you're not always just waiting for brands to reach out to you. Totally. And also, it's not like you were taking everything and saying yes no, to everything. No, absolutely not. I was very particular in only taking things that I thought were cool that I wanted mm-hmm. to kind of, if you scroll on my feed, is this going to look weird? Yeah. I didn't want it to be, you know, a weird ad placement because that would just cause your audience to mistrust you. And there is no check that's worth that because obviously I want longevity. Yeah. And if you want longevity, you can't be dishonest. You can't do something that's going to compromise your integrity. Yeah, no. Which is a big convo. I always say, too, and we talk about it in Lisa and Danielle's episode, too. Like, you have to pass on money sometimes to make more money in the future. Not only are you just a boss-ass bitch, but also something that I really look to you for is, like, the way you've handled your money, too. So you're making this good money. You're starting this career. Yes. It's obviously grown because how old are you now? Can I can I ask that? I'm yeah. like, I know you're not supposed no, to ask I'm women open. that. I'm 31. Yeah, so it's been six years since you started. So you obviously have increased your salary quite a bit since yes. what you're mentioning. How have you, like, I mean, you and Zach bought a house. Yeah. Like, talk about that. Saving. Yeah. So I have always been a big saver. I'm a big spender. <laughs> but I'm also a big saver. And so I never wanted to not have money in my account. Every single month I wanted to see my account growing, mm-hmm. not staying the same or obviously not decreasing yeah and so even when we were living paycheck to paycheck I needed to put money away in in the savings and so that meant obviously you can't spend as much as you want to it is really tempting that when you're making more money than you ever have in your life to not want to spend it but we just didn't spend it you know we had things that we would splurge on so our splurges were trips once a year. And luckily, Zach has a really intensive work schedule, so he can't take that much time off. Mm-hmm. That kind of helped with the whole trip <laughs> situation. Once a year, we told ourselves, you know, what we would do is we would put away money in a separate account for trips. So every month we'd put, you know, a little bit of money in that account that was just for the trips. So when it comes to booking the trips, we don't feel the ding yeah. in our account whatsoever. It's like, okay, that's our side account. And... Also, for taxes, I mean, we'll get to, like, the whole tax yeah. situation, but I started from the from day one, I started putting money away for taxes. Every single time a company paid me, I would tell Zach, and he would take 30% of it and put it into my savings account. And Because when you're an influencer or, like, a subcontractor, like, you... You don't get taxes taken out of your paycheck. People yes. are familiar with that. So you have to pay it at yeah, tax at the season. end. Yes. And so I didn't want to get hit with a big IRS yeah. due bill. So that was a separate savings just for the taxes. So I had an account for traveling. I had an account for savings um, that was for taxes. And then everything else was spending money. So you were really strategic about just making sure that you were keeping track of everything and you had separate little accounts for everything to make sure that yes. just everything was in order. Yeah. So Zach is really good at telling me, okay, this is how much we can comfortably spend in a month. The rest we can't spend. We have to save. And so we had another account for saving. We wanted to buy a house. So that's always been our goal is to own, we owned our condo yeah. um, because we both lived at home through college. So I'm making all this money. I am, you know, I have a really comfortable mortgage because obviously it's a condo. And back then the housing market was not 
absolutely insane like it yeah. is now. So we had a comfortable mortgage and everything outside of what I just told you would go into the savings. Yeah. And so finally in 2021, we had 30% down to put on a home in San Diego. And so we bought our house. And even now we have a very comfortable mortgage and we're still able to save because we don't live above our means. And I think that's a problem with a lot of young entrepreneurs is you get all this money, you're mm-hmm. really proud of yourself and you feel like, oh my gosh, treat yourself. I want to treat myself, but you can only treat yourself so much. Well, I think a lot of people, especially in our industry or like just younger people in general, like they weren't really taught how to, in college, like they don't take classes on like how to save, how to manage your money, how to do any of that. So you really went after it yourself and like learned these things. But I, I have to say, I never lived a budget lifestyle since we started making, you know, comfortable money I I don't live a budget lifestyle so I spend what I want to I just don't splurge on things that I shouldn't so like for example we were thinking about going to the SZA concert and tickets were like $600 right dude I know they're so and I'm like I want to go and the smart the smart person the smart financial savvy person in me is like it's not worth it I'm not going to spend $600 on SZA tickets yeah so we're not going to go yeah even though we're, you know, doing really well and I could and I won't even feel it, but it's like, you know, you've got to be financially smart. Even when you're doing well, you still, you got to make smart choices. And our next plan is to buy another property and then buy another one after that. So now we're thinking about investments and, you know, investing more into real estate. And so you always got to have goals for yourself because if you're living for the moment and you're living day-to-day concerned about how you're just going to survive let me just pay my checks um this month that's when you start to not think long term and that's I think what really has contributed to our success is we're always thinking five years like Zach just got a promotion and he is already talking about his next promotion that he's going to get yeah and same with me like I launched a jewelry business and I'm now I'm thinking okay what's the next step you always have to think about the next step and that's going to keep you financially savvy totally and I feel like we always talk about too like there's this happy like little medium balance that you have to find between hitting an accomplishment and goal sitting in that gratitude and really being proud of yourself but then like moving to the next goal you can never be stagnant I mean you can but you're not going to grow in the way that you want to or you're not going to make more money for yourself or you're not going to hit that next goal on the bucket list to start another company you've done that really successfully so just so people know just in case they don't follow you or whatever like what are you actually doing now you have your instagram and tiktok yes so i have my personal instagram tell us all the avenues okay so my personal instagram ruby kevani my tiktok that gem ruby and then i also started a cat instagram and tiktok because i am a cat obsessed with her cats they're beautiful but she's obsessed you somehow made it into a business yes because they are now like Insta and TikTok famous. They are cat fluencers. Yeah, they're cat fluencers. Yes. So I have a TikTok page for them and I have an Instagram page for them. I've done brand deals for the cat page. I've I also do UGC content for cats. What would you recommend as starting points for people who want to start creating more streams of income in their life, like just easy, simple things that you can do to start thinking about these things. Cause this can sound very intimidating Mm -hmm. and intense for people. What are some easy ways people can educate themselves on, 
financial moves like this or things that they can get involved in that are really easy. So I think that you have to kind of think about what are your strengths and what are your passions? What are you interested in? And find ways to monetize from Like what's going to be easy to do on top of what you already do. Yeah. So for the cats, I mean, that just kind of, you know, I was never even a cat person. I was never a pet person. And then I got cats and I was like, I'm spending so much money on my cats and I, my entire phone is my cats. There are more photos <laughs> of my cats than myself on my phone at this point, even as a full-time, you know, fashion influencer. I believe you. <laughs> Everyone, she's not exaggerating. Yeah. And I honestly felt bad bombarding my followers every day with cat videos. And that's how that kind of started. So that's a passion of mine that probably 99% of people will never monetize, can monetize literally anything now. If your passion is baking, make a TikTok. Yeah. And post baking content. If you're a mom, post your kids, post your daily life, be vulnerable. Like the internet, I feel like is the easiest way mm-hmm. for anyone. You don't ha- especially TikTok, the rise of TikTok, anyone can go viral on TikTok. It's actually insane. Yeah. You don't have to be anyone special. You don't have to be the most beautiful. You don't even have to show your face. There are baking and cooking accounts. It's just their hands. Mm-hmm. They don't even talk in it. People are so intimidated by the idea of social media or the idea of doing something maybe vulnerable or something they don't feel comfortable with that they think that they like, they almost convince themselves that they can't do it. Oh, well, I'm not an influencer, so I couldn't possibly post. Everyone is so scared. And, you know, I also do coaching. That's another stream of income. Yeah. But the common denominator with every single person that I coach is they're so intimidated. They're so scared. They're like, I'm not like you. I'm like, what do you mean by you're not like me? Because I'm just human. Yeah. And they're like, well, you know, I'm really shy. I was the most timid. I actually got rejected my first time interview at the hospital for my internship for being timid. I called. I was like, hi, why did I not get the internship? (laughs) And they were like, well, you know, you were really timid and awkward. And I can't even picture you yeah, being timid you or awkward. That? <laughs> no. But I put myself in a, in a leadership position. Yeah. And so I was I was putting trainings on for 300 people. And that really got me to get my confidence up. People don't realize how much confidence, yeah, confidence. has to do with just getting what you want in life and going after what you want. If you believe you're capable and you're qualified, most yeah. of the time you can seal the deal with something. I feel like there's courses that you can take online about how to get your confidence up. Because that's something that you know, should really be taught in school. Um, that's not. And I think so many people struggle with that, but mm-hmm. it's all in your head. Like you said, it's so easy now, like with social media to just put yourself out there, do, do something you're passionate about. It doesn't matter what your niche is. I have seen gardeners. I follow yes. landscapers. Like this guy is cutting grass and I follow him because I find it satisfying to watch. <laughs> or I want tips for my personal garden at home. Like yeah. there's people who grow vegetables. Literally any kind of hobby that you can imagine there is someone on tiktok creating content for it yeah because people i feel like are under the impression like oh i have to be an influencer to make money you don't have to do fashion or beauty you could do gardening you could do baking you could do literally anything that is a hobby of yours because chances are other people are interested in that too you can also level up your business in ways i mean i see like i feel like lawyers and financial advisors now like putting themselves out there dermatologists on tiktok i was talking to this girl who does my laser and I was like, are you on social media? And she was like, no. I'm like, why are you not on social media? Like people are like quadrupling their client it. base. Yes. You can gain more clients. You can do so much by having a social media following. You don't have to be an influencer. 
TikTok and Instagram do not charge us. Yeah, it doesn't. It, it's free. It's free. It's literally free. So anyone could do it. A part of being able to have these multiple streams and just be on top of your shit, essentially, for lack of a better word, as an entrepreneur, you need to understand the back and the finance side, especially if you're an influencer, yes. content creator, self-contractor. Yes. How did you, did you just go for it? I, I want you to get into this because me and Ruby are actually trying to put together kind of like an ebook yes. for people. Future plug. <laughs> yeah, future plug. Um, For just how to legitimize your business, like actually legitimize. We've talked a lot yeah. about like, you know, going after it, but like mm -hmm. financially. It all started because I was working with PacSun. Like that was one of my biggest first brand deals. And they were like, fill out this tax form. And I was like, wait, I have to put my social security number on here. Absolutely not. All you need is an EIN number and you don't have to use your social security number. So this Absolutely. is like an identification number for, yes, for people who work for themselves, essentially, yes. or contractors. So or as influencers, when you get paid over $600, majority of companies will make you fill out a tax form. Yep. And I felt uncomfortable putting my social security number on there for anyone to see. And so that's what got me thinking about, okay, how do I prevent this? You get an employee identification number, EIN. It's free. You fill it out, out online. It's literally the easiest thing to do and they give you an EIN number and use that for tax purposes and then and you then, can file your own taxes with it as yes well. so I highly highly recommend hiring a CPA to do your taxes every year because they can not only make sure that you're not getting in trouble with the IRS which is very very scary and I know an influencer who recently got audited and she did her own taxes. Oh, God. So let that be a lesson to any independent contractor. Don't do your own taxes. Yeah, because this isn't just for influencers. No, and anyone, any independent contractor, it is well worth the couple hundred bucks that you'll pay to an expert, to a CPA who is going to, you know, make sure that you're okay with the government. And then also it's a benefit because they will help get you deductions. So I was writing off, I mean, I still do write off my car payment. I write off so much stuff because obviously my job as an influencer is very intertwined with my personal life. Yeah. And so I'm going to leave all like the logistical stuff for ebook yeah. plug <laughs> for ebook. That's going to be coming out soon, but there are so many ways that you can deduct, you know, when me and Hannah go grab coffee together, we shoot that's a write-off. That's a deduction. When you're when you're conducting business, you can write those things off. So things like gas, things like your lease payments. If you purchase a car, mm -hmm. depending on you know logistics, you can write that amount off from your taxes. And so that's more money in your pocket. Because yeah, and a CPA can help you do that like fairly in a, in a balanced way. Yes, because the last thing I ever want is to get in trouble with the government. I'm a rule breaker, but not in that regard. <laughs> <laughs> you can push the limits to a certain extent. And that's why I think it's important to have the CPA yeah, and to have people who are knowledgeable. And smart and you want to take advantage of the system as many millionaires do. You know, it's there. Yeah. If you're not using it, then you're just you're not being smart. Also, and I think this goes back to the fact that you do put money away each paycheck. I don't yes. think a lot of people do that. Yeah. So obviously I don't want it end up in regard with, like for taxes. Yeah. So for taxes at the end of the year, when you fill out and your CPA tells you, well, you owe $40,000 to <laughs> uncle Sam, I have the money sitting in an account where I'm like, okay, here you go. And that's just like a smart move as a self-contractor yeah. to do. So every single paycheck, I take 30% 
put it in its own dedicated savings account that is strictly for taxes. I do not touch that money. I don't consider it my money. And then if there's like, if I owe less, then it's like a little savings account. Then yeah, I'm like, like cool, I can use this for my trip. No one really does get into the logistics of how much they make, yeah. how much they put aside, how you yeah, create a number to do taxes. Because we're not, it sounds simple, but it's not. People don't know these things. Yeah. And you know, it, it all goes back to this is work as an influencer. Like I've had to teach myself all of this. You've had to teach yourself all of this. Yeah. Back when we started, there was not... There was no coaches. I did not have a coach teaching me. So obviously I offer my services as a coach to aspiring influencers, but I didn't have a coach. I had to literally go out and I had to Google everything and I had to learn everything and trial and error and talking to other influencers and connecting with other people and other entrepreneurs is literally how I learned all of this stuff. And I think that on top of that too, I just appreciate your transparency in this conversation. And I think we both, I really feel strongly about being mm-hmm. transparent, whether Absolutely. it's on a podcast or on social media, yeah. especially with our mental health and our journeys too, mm-hmm. because I know that you've gotten into that stuff recently on TikTok as well. Yeah, because I don't ever want someone to look at my highlight reel, aka my social media, and think like, oh, she's so lucky. Like she she doesn't have the struggles that I have. And yeah. I'm in a really dark place, but I'll never be able to live you know, a cool, successful life like her because she probably has it made for her and she has daddy's money and she probably doesn't have any mental health issues or any anxiety. That is not the case. I am like the most average girl. I mean, I grew up on food stamps. I literally grew up with no money in an immigrant family. And so if literally if I can do it, you can do it. Yeah. And I think that's really powerful that you said, if, if I can do it, you can do it. Because I think a lot of times people, myself included, probably you too, we always constantly create false narratives of people. Or like how my mom told me, what makes you think that you're special like her? Yeah. I don't ever want people to feel like that. Yeah. But like, it's natural. I feel like, especially as women and just in this day and age, we constantly compare Mm -hmm. ourselves to other people. So I think it's really powerful that you do talk about not only mental health and now showing up in an authentic way financially, because that stuff is important. It is. And you know, having financial security is so important in today's day and age. If you're passionate about something like this is the day and age to try it. Absolutely. It could be literally anything. You don't have to be into fashion and beauty. You just have to show up and be authentic and people will relate to it. I'm glad you said that too, because I feel like there's this weird narrative that you have to be like, Oh, overly yeah. attractive oh, or yeah. like have all this work there is done or look like a fucking Kardashian. It's like, that's not what people want anymore. Mm-hmm. Everyone's beautiful in their own way. Yeah. And I think people want to find someone that looks like them too. Yeah. And not everyone, you know, is freaking Kendall Jenner. Yeah. I mean, we <laughs> love her. She's gorgeous. Yeah. But like, but not everyone looks like that. And so I think it can be kind of intimidating for anyone outside of that little box to want to start a social media and just from coaching my clients always tell me well you know I I don't feel like the most attractive I don't have that confidence but it's like you don't have to look like a Kendall Jenner to be successful what are like one or two things that you would advise someone to do if they're trying to level up their life practice what you want to do so one thing that I was telling my client just yesterday was she was like how do I get more comfortable talking because she said that she feels that's her biggest struggle is getting up and like talking in front of a camera she's like I don't know how you do it it seems like it comes so naturally to you 
just practice. Do it every day. I used to do it on Snapchat. So before <laughs> Instagram, I had Snapchat with my friends. And I would be the annoying girl that would just like vlog her day on Snapchat. And I love that. literally my friends would tell me like, nobody cares. Why do you show your whole <laughs> life on Snapchat? And I'm like, I don't care. It's entertaining for me. I watch it back at the end of the day. <laughs> That's so funny. It's so funny you say that too, because I feel like I've even a lot of influencer friends would be like, Hannah, how can you just story in public? Yeah. You just have to practice. You, don't, you just don't give a fuck. First of all, you have to not give a fuck what everyone thinks. Also in your mom's words, like you're not that special. <laughs> like people don't care. I don't know. They'll look at you, but like, if you don't care about what people yeah. think, like you're not that like. It's not that big of a deal. Absolutely. We care more about ourselves than other people care about us. Honestly. hundred percent. I care about the content that I'm getting, not the coffee, the people in the coffee shop staring at me with my tripod. Yeah. But to your point, like it does take practice. It does. So practice it every day. So what I told my client was every single day, just record yourself talking every single day. Like, and this applies to not just being an influencer. There's people who can't public speak. Like you need to practice. You just have to practice. So every day record yourself. Don't post it anywhere. You don't have to post it. It's just for yourself. And that will get you more comfortable in front of the camera. After the whole journey from mm-hmm. like the childhood through the situation you were in, through going to Iran, coming back, oh, starting yes. this influencer journey, just being really kick-ass at it as well. Thank you. Like, how do you see it? So I honestly think, this is so cliche, everything happens for a reason. So everything that I've been through in my life, I think of as a reason. So like, okay. Let me kind of go off on a tangent, but relatable. Please do. My car yesterday, I heard this loud scraping noise, right? And I was like, oh my gosh, I pulled over. I had my car towed. And then I get to the dealership. They're like, we don't hear the scraping noise anymore, but there's a really big bubble in your tire that's really dangerous. And then I looked it up online and they're like, oh my God, it's so dangerous. You have to get your tire replaced. So I think of, you know, the annoyance of this metal scraping noise and getting my car towed as the reason for, okay, this could have, you know, prevented a bigger disaster. So Mm -hmm. all this to say is everything that you've gone through in your life is just preparing you for where, you know, for your journey. And obviously there's not a destination. So I'm not anywhere near the level of success that I I don't want to like, I don't want this to be where my story is. You don't want to plateau ever. I never want to plateau. I will always strive for bigger and greater and better and to get uncomfortable. If I'm ever comfortable, that makes me feel uncomfy, being mm-hmm. comfortable in a situation. I always want to want to do better and to strive for more. So, yeah, I, I see all of this as I'm glad everything that has happened has happened because it has brought me here today and it's taught me all of the skills, everything that I need to know. Obviously, I went to college. I have a degree do I use it? No. But I learn <laughs> how to work hard. So yeah. I always see the brighter side of things. And if that happened, there's a reason for it. If we didn't go through the trials and tribulations that we did, yeah. we wouldn't, maybe we wouldn't hustle as hard. Maybe we wouldn't feel like we have something to prove. I feel like mm-hmm. I always talk about that in therapy. Like when I'm feeling like a victimy about yeah. myself, we all go through it. We yeah. all have our bad days where we're just like, Ugh, this sucks. Like yeah, if you whatever. grow up with you know, a silver spoon in your mouth all the time, everything is constantly handed to you, you are never going to strive to do something for yourself or make yourself better. To add on to that, like my family did really well. Like I feel very blessed. I had so many opportunities. 
on like the back end, there was a lot of stuff happening. We all feel victimy and sad and a little bit depressed about the hard things we've had to go through, whether that has to do with wealth, the way you, you grew up, what maybe some trauma that happened in your life. We tend to start to get a little emo about it. Yeah. But in reality, I feel like channeling it the way you're saying mm-hmm. in a way that's like, oh, well, that's that didn't gonna happen. Help you. It's going to make you stronger. Yeah. If that didn't happen, maybe I wouldn't be here. Absolutely. And I feel like you've done a really good job of like turning that Thank you. into so this. You. Thank you. And honestly, for you, I mean, you've basically taken being unapologetic and, you know, your mental health struggles and the struggles that you've been through and you've made a career out of it for yourself because you you are very unapologetic. And if you hadn't gone through everything that you went through, would Hallian sees it be where she's at today? I don't know. I don't think so. And I think that's the point you're trying to make. And I'm really glad that you said that as your like overall how you see it. Because it is the truth. And I think something else that I want to make sure people take away from this conversation is that you truly are capable of anything you want to put your mind to. Um, You can change your life. Yeah. You really can change your life. And it doesn't matter what you're going through right now. It, the, battle in your mind is bigger than anything else and if you can overcome that or attempt to overcome it then you can really change your life for the better and change your future because just because you know you're in a hole today I mean I went from living my life in America to Iran in the Middle East where women have absolutely no rights and I knew that women had no rights my dad told me every day women don't have rights here and so imagine if I if I let that sabotage my life you know, it's crazy. I'm like, so. we could go on a whole nother <laughs> tangent about that. We need another podcast. Episode. I know we may have to do a part two, <laughs> honestly, but so cool. Thank you so much for coming. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate you being so transparent about your money and Absolutely. finances as well. It's really hard to get people to be I love transparent about, about that, that stuff. thing. I think there's like a weird shame that women feel about talk. I mean, about, about people in general who feel like they can't share their salary, but specifically women as well. Women, yes. But I always want to, I want women to feel empowered. I love that. (laughs) Okay, well, please tell everyone your social accounts that they can follow one more time. So I'm on Instagram as at Ruby Kayvani and on TikTok as that gem Ruby. Love it. And then your jewelry brand. My jewelry brand is Orem the Label. It's gorgeous. Thank you. It's in my Instagram bio. If you guys want to check it out, I do gold filled jewelry and I take designer pendants. Like I grab Prada pendants from old beaten up Prada wallets and I make them into They're so chains cute. for necklaces. They're so cute. So I do designer rework jewelry and gold filled. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you for coming on. Thank you I love for you. having me. Love you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode and I hope you leave here feeling motivated and inspired. Do not forget to rate and review the pod on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And don't forget to follow How I See It Pod so you can keep up with podcast updates and see who's coming on next. And if you're not already, come join the fam and follow at How Hand Sees It. Thank you guys. <laughs>